Hi everyone, welcome back to our little green pasture. So good to be back. I'm glad you're here. And I pray that you will be blessed by the words that I will be speaking to you about today on the topic of sanctification. You know, that is really a difficult word for a lot of people. It's like a multi-syllable word, and it sounds so like what David said. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. How can I? I, I, I cannot attain unto it, he says. And I think that is the thought of so many of believers. Maybe that's you. You're like, okay, so sanctification. Everybody knows what sanctification means. If you don't, I'll see. Say right here, let's look at what Strong says. I didn't get the Greek word for it because even if I told you the Greek word, you're not going to remember it. And we really just want to get at what Strong's says, okay? Because they are the ones that translate Greek and Hebrew and they tell us what the literal meaning is. It says it's the process of making or becoming holy. The process. Becoming holy, the process of being set apart, the process of holiness, the process of consecration, the process of advancing in holiness, use of the believer being progressively transformed by the Lord into his likeness or similarity of nature. And consecration is the same thing. It says in general is an act by which a thing is separated from a common and profane to a sacred use by which a person is dedicated to the Lord in life. So before I get started and I just planted those words in your ears, I'm going to invite the Lord. Well, he's already here. But I want to acknowledge him and honor him in this prayer before him and with you. Father in heaven, Lord, I just lift up this prayer unto you. I stretch myself in this prayer towards heaven. And Lord, I want to thank you that you are the just and justifier of many, meaning you saved us on from eternal death into eternal life through the sacrifice on the cross. I thank you, Lord, for every brand new day. I thank you for this day. I thank you that you will make yourself known in your own word. Because you are the word. Open the eyes of those that are looking, Lord, for what it means to be sanctified, to be set apart in you. And Lord, help me, Lord, this in unperfect vessel this imperfect vessel rather to pour forth the ointment of your name and in a sense to set the wood in order on the altar so lord i'll follow you by your spirit and let him bear witness of the words spoken to the merit and glory of your name for I do this all, committing everything I'm about to say from the time I open my mouth until the time I finish, I commend it into your hands and to thy name, in Jesus' name. 
you know, I remember growing up, the first time I heard the word sanctification, I was like, what's that? Such a long word. It was almost kind of scary. Of course, the older believers were like, well, you know, it's a set apart life and all these things. And it did seem unattainable to me. Like, what does that mean? Like in my own heart and mind, I was saying, what does that mean? I've got to do this and I've got to do that. And then kind of a fear came over me because I didn't understand as a young believer. Well, if I do that, that means that I can't do this and I can't do that. Well, that was in my youth. But then as I got to be an older Christian through my walk, I'd come across that word sanctification again. And I thought to myself, I do sanctify myself, Lord, and I read scriptures about sanctification and I would rattle off the words. Maybe I wasn't rattling off and really looking back, I do know I was sincere in it, but I was still so young, so full of this world, so full of this, my soul being full of this world while I was traveling, sojourning on the path, the narrow path. And so... The older I got, I started to understand, you know, because when you live long, you start dying to a lot of stuff. You really do. You go through things and then you die to it, whatever it is. You know, just to, just to break right here, I was thinking about that word for the last couple of days in Philippians where Paul says, this thing, this is, this thing is what I always do. I'm probably not saying it perfect, but you know the scripture, Philippians 3, I believe it's uh, 20. Don't quote me, but he says, leaving behind what is gone. Some translations say forgetting what is behind, but I like that word leaving behind what is gone and reaching forth to the things that lie ahead, pressing forward, forward to the mark of the upward call of our prize in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And you know what I thought to myself, the leaving behind what is gone? Slowly, we're leaving this world. I really thought that. I thought, you know what? We're headed to the other world. And the leaving behind what is gone is really meant to stay in this world forever. You don't take it with you. You just went through it in this world, in this life. So you're leaving this world behind day by day. Amen. You know, that is a real hard pill for people to swallow. They, they, they want to be sanctified. They want all that it means. But they say those words, maybe not exactly like I just said that, that uh, uh, David said, such knowledge is too wonderful, made as high, I cannot attain to it. And maybe some people, some of you have tried like I did. Well, I'll do more of this and less of that. And I'll go here and not go there. And um, I'll do, you know what I mean? Like I was doing these, all these applications, but it never made me sanctified really, because I think that if somebody really would have simplified it to me, I would have said, that's knowledge that can touch me and it could be attainable by me because, you know, in sanctification, there's two parts to it to begin with. I know I talked about it in three parts. There's three parts to it I'm going to talk about. Um, and But before I go on, I'm going to use this scripture. Um, it's in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body 
be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I remember reading this, this little book from a very old saint during the medieval ages. And he said, I would, and he was talking about brokenness and contrition coming to the Lord, like just broken. It's just like a broken bottle, like a broken vessel pouring out before the Lord. And he was a theologian and he said, I would rather know the feeling of contrition than the definition of it. Never forgot that. And you know, a few days ago, I was reading about sanctification and I said to myself, you know what, Lord, I'm done reading about sanctification. I'm done looking up from scholars what it means. I know what it means. You know, I think of David's words when he says, I, I, I have been uh, young and now I'm old. And as long as I've lived, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, you know, and of course the seed begging bread. But I think about that in terms where I say, you know, Lord, I have been young and now I'm old. And I'm done talking about it. I don't just want to know the definition, Lord. I told him these very words, Lord, I just don't want to know the definition anymore of things like sanctification or justification or consecration. And those are lofty sounding words but they're not meant to be lofty to me or you. They're meant to be attained. They're meant to comfort you. They're meant to give you joy and peace and a whole round, good, robust Christian life, a believer's walk, a true believer's walk while we're here in this wilderness, what I refer to as enemy territory. But hey, Jesus walked through this life. Should we have anything less than him? If we want to be like the Lord, all of us say that, then we have to walk through the same land he did. And we should consider it, even though life is hard. And I know life is hard for many of you. I get hard life, but praise the Lord, he doesn't leave us in it and he works in it. But the time comes where you just don't want to know the definition of something. It's like, how long are we going to read about truth or mercy or righteousness or faith or any of that? Don't you want to experience it, walk in it, live in it? I surely do. And I'm here today to open your, to help you to open up your eyes because I want you to know, I don't want you to just know the definition of these things. Anybody can say, this is what it means. Sure, I just read you what Strong's Concordance said, but clearly I could have just said it myself, but I wanted to do it that way. In the beginning of 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says, and the very God of peace sanctify you holy. Notice he doesn't say, and the very God of truth, or the very God of mercy, or the very God of love, or the very God of joy, though he is all those things. But the Holy Spirit, working through Paul the Apostle, inspired him to say, and the very God God himself, the very God, the God of peace, sanctify you holy. And he says, and I pray it. I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body. You know why? Because when we try to do things to sanctify ourselves, meaning set yourself apart, um, do devotions. If you're in church, you go to church, or do, you do the things that Christians do that we're told to do and that you hunger to do. 
but yet maybe there's parts of your soul that are not sanctified. Maybe you're doing things in your body where your body has not been sanctified to Christ. So you're a tripartite being. There's three parts of you. And they all have to be brought into sanctification, power, and working of the Holy Spirit. And if we don't understand the parts of ourselves, then we're going to be always kind of flopping around like a halibut on the deck. We're, we're not going to be flowing in the waters to swim in. Jesus didn't make it that hard. Religion makes it that hard. You know what? I remember when I was going into educating myself. Oh, yeah. I was reading big scholarly books. Am I sorry I did it? No. I learned a lot. But at the same time, though I learned the definition of everything, I have to say, I felt Jesus far away from me. Now, it's important that I learn it. Obviously, he saw a day up the road that I'd be here today. And I think he wants you to know things, but don't stay in it. In fact, Charles Spurgeon spoke about that. Many of those that we love so much confessed towards the end of their lives. They said, it did nothing for me. Oh, I learned a bunch of stuff, but I lacked sweetness. I lacked his love. And so it makes everybody feel really big and powerful when we go, yeah, I'm sanctifying myself, you know, justification, all these things. They're beautiful things. They're holy things. They're sacred things. But what does that mean for you? You say, Joni, I want to be sanctified by God, but you are sanctified by God. Do you know that? Let's look at some things he says here. Because he says, I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved. So there's a preservation power in sanctification. But you could also walk away from your sanctification. There's a part of you. We're going to talk about these three parts of sanctification. Because, see, Paul the Apostle is saying to us that it's the very God of peace who sanctifies you wholly. See, we can do things with ourselves by our own will and volition, right? Because obviously, if there's something sinful happening over there, I'm not going over there. If there's a group of people that are talking mean about somebody, I'm not going to be part of that conversation. I just won't do it. You understand what I mean? We, we sanctify ourselves. But there's only a sanctifying God can do. And he's very clear in letting us know that our whole spirit, our whole body, our whole soul be sanctified. You know, I think of the word in Luke, I believe it's in Luke chapter six. And he says, the eye of the body is the, uh, the light of the, uh, says, um, the eye of the body is light. Like whatever you look at, if you're looking at things that are light, it says the whole body will be full of light, having no part dark. So he's saying what you're looking at, or I would say even what you're hearing or what your body is engaging into. And I know I'm kind of going off a little bit, 
But if the eye is the light of the body, then if it says, if their eye is single, that's what he says. If your eye is single, meaning you're looking at one thing, that eye of yours, then your whole body will be full of light, having no part dark. But how many of us, and I've done it, I've spent time in the word. I've sanctified myself in devotions only later on where maybe somebody has sent me or, and it's no one's fault. Nobody's at fault. No one's at fault in your life. You can't blame anybody. But maybe some articles came my way or a video. And, you know, there's like, well, please listen to this. Uh, you know, um, and maybe they didn't even, they forgot to tell me there was cussing in it. That's not like I'm prima donna. I'm in a world. I hear the f bomb all the day going all, to, all the day going. On. I can hear my neighbors out there. I mean, there's people that just do that. Okay, so I can't leave the world like Paul the apostle said. You'd have to leave the world to get away from it. But we're to be an example in this world and a light. And you can't do that having any part dark. Notice he didn't say part of your spirit, part of your soul, part of your body. He just says the eye is a lamp of the body. If your eye is single, your whole body shall be full of light, having no part dark. So we can do things, but we could be looking at things or hearing things and it'll go in and it'll bring a darkness into us. And so there's part of darkness in us. You don't want to have that anymore. You, you, you see, the thing with sanctification with each one of you is, yes, once you are born again, once you are regenerated, you are sanctified. That means now you have been set apart. Now the process and work of the Holy Spirit will commence. But you got to go along with him. He's not going to do all the work. Let's keep going. Um, because it says it talks about the fact that once God does that, it says that we're to be preserved blameless into the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the only one that can keep us that way is the lord okay is the holy spirit he's the teacher he's he is the spirit of truth he has given to us to lead us and to guide us into all truth and so we keep contact with him in his word jesus says why say unto me lord lord but not do the things that i tell you see it's so easy to say lord lord but then you start to come up with your own laws you start to come up with other things and it's you start to do little mischievous things. Your heart starts to get cold. You get easily offended. And then, you know, it's like, look, there's it, all it is, is an outward life that you're living. It's just an outward religious banging drum. You know, Paul the Apostle mentions, I pray to God for it. So clearly we see that it must come by prayer, not by osmosis. We can't take it for granted. Well, I'm sanctified. I'm, I'm set apart. Yeah, you are. But there's a process, meaning you have to grow up. I mean, do you want to ride a baby tricycle with little wheels on it? It's embarrassing. God means for you to be sanctified. So you own your own faith. You own your own race. You own your own walk. You own yourself, just like you're an adult right now. I mean, would you like it if somebody was always controlling what you're doing? 
telling you what you're going to eat, telling you what you're going to wear. No, you wouldn't put up with it. I wouldn't. No healthy adult would put up with it. But you had to grow up to get to that place. So when we pray to be sanctified, we have to think about preparation. Because I want to talk for a few minutes about the preparation of sanctification. Not just, you know, Lord, Lord, sanctify me. Because we have to ask, are we prepared to face the standard of this verse? There is a standard. I'm going to spell it out. The majority of believers take the term sanctification. I think they do just a little bit too lightly or they see it as an unobtainable thing. And we have to think about the cost. Really, God wants you to think about it. You know, we're, we're so quick to approach the Lord, sanctify me. It's like we're approaching a holy God, the unsearchable God. Yes, he's approachable. Yes, there's an open sign on his door that's open every second for you and me. But when we talk about being sanctified, are you, are, are, are you thinking about the preparation for what the sanctification will cost you? Because there's going to be cost. Now, don't let that scare you. Because you see, people think, like I did, well, does, does that mean I'm not going to be able to go here or do that? And then, see, my heart was not right in the Lord. And even as I got older, I was trying to do things. And I never... I could never seem to get there, but I was still growing. And yet there was a sanctification process going on within me. And if you're really sticking to the Lord, I'm not talking about being perfect. Get that out of your head. I'll tell you, one of my pet peeves is when, and I'm sure you've heard it too, but this is such a pet peeve. When people say, well, I'm not perfect. And I want to say this to you. Please stop saying that. Please stop saying, well, I'm not perfect. God has never said he expects you to be perfect. When he says, though, in the word, be perfect as I am perfect, he's talking about being mature. God does not put something on you and leave you alone to do something that can be only done by him. It's like binding the sacrifice to the altar. He sends the fire. All you can do is bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. That's really all you can do. I think about Elijah. Elijah, when he was contending with the 400 prophets of Baal, and the 250 prophets that sat at Jezebel's table, he made an altar. He put the sacrifice on it. He poured water in it. And he said, now, if he's truly the Lord, let fire come down. You know. The Lord will reveal his own self. See, there is cost. There was death in that sacrifice. Every sacrifice demands a life. It demands a life. Jesus gave his life so that you don't have to do what he did. It's done for you. But when we talk about sanctification, I think about every sacrifice spoken of in the book of Leviticus. I think about the Levites, the sons of Zadok, the Aaronic priesthood. Every one of them were told to sanctify themselves because they were 
going to offer a sacrifice to God. And we're, we read the word in Romans 12, 1, that, that we're to offer up ourselves holy as, as daily uh, uh, sacrifices, holy. That's the first word it says. So you say, but Joni, how can we be holy? And I say, I'll tell you how you can be holy is by reading your word and doing exactly what it says to do. There's no scorecard. It's every time you do what the Lord says, you're sanctifying yourself to him. Because it will cost an intense narrowing of all your interests on earth. And the more you go, the longer you go, the more years you live, the narrowing of your interests you will in the of your interest you will find that you will say but i it's like i think of the i think of the uh in luke the mount of transfiguration chapter 9 when peter james and john were there and they see elijah and moses speaking to jesus concerning his decease and they said you know would you let us build you know three tabernacles not knowing what Peter saying, not saying that, not knowing what he said, a cloud overshadowed them and said, this is my beloved son, hear him. And when the cloud left, it said they only saw Jesus. See, it gets to the point in this life. As you go on and as you're growing and enlarging your heart in Christ, in the love of God for the words that are eternal, that will never fade away like a crown, that will never fade away for you, eternal in the heavens. Because it is an intense narrowing. Hear that? An intense narrowing of all your interests on earth. And there will come an immense broadening of all your interests in God. Sanctification is a daily process. I love what Oswald Chambers said. He said, sanctification means concentration on God's ways and point of view. It means every power of body, soul, and spirit are chained and kept for God's purpose only. Don't let that scare you. See, the Lord is never going to ever do anything in your life where you are right now that you are not ready for. He will never precipitate a victory unless the life is prepared for it. He prepares you for sanctification. So yes, the questions are, are you prepared for the cost? He'll prepare you for the cost. So when you think of the cost, you think, what's it going to cost me? You're not thinking about it like that in those terms. It's that inward new life, that creation saying it's like that pearl of great price. There was a man who went into a field. He, he, he found a pearl of great price and he went and he sold everything he had to buy the whole field. Where your life is, is your field. Whether it's your home, whether you own a business, whether you go to school, no matter who you are, what you do for a living, that's your field. And the pearl of great price is worth the cost of everything. So we, we have to ask, are we prepared for God to do in us all that he has separated us for? 
because after his work is done in us through degrees, there's always going to be another phase of of consecration, of sanctification, of setting ourselves apart further and further from this world. Like I said, you know, leaving behind what is gone, you're leaving the earth, leaving behind what is gone, what's in front, ever pressing forth to the things that lie ahead. What things are they? Do you want what's back there that you pass through? Nobody likes old things. Nobody wants to return and go back. Nobody, I don't want to go back to where I came before. I'm headed to home. I'm headed to heaven. It's like, Lord, what is my next step? Because when you are truly consecrated and you sanctified by the Lord, then there's a cost to it. And you're recognizing the cost and you're like, I'll do anything for you, Lord. I just want to serve you, whatever that is. And you're not telling him what you want to do. It's what you do every day. You say, I'll consecrate this work to Christ. It's from the moment you put your feet down on the ground that you consecrate your day to Christ. So after his work is done in us, there's a phase after phase after phase. And so are we prepared to separate ourselves? Are you prepared to separate yourself to God, even as Jesus did? Because Jesus did it. He said, for their sakes. I sanctify myself. He said that in John chapter 17 in prayer to his father. He said, for their sakes, I sanctify myself. So you see, your sanctified life has more to do than just something that you do. You read the Bible in the morning or maybe do something on the weekends. This is a whole life. This is your whole life, an expression of the life of God. And there's a great joy and a privilege and a pleasure. And you can't wait to do it. And even the hard things, the awful things, the things you don't want to face, he will consecrate you in it. You know, I think of what it says in Psalm 18. I'm, I would like to just hop over there because there's something that um, David says. He says in verse 20 through 24, the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, hath he recompensed me, for I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God, for all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also upright before him, and I kept myself from mine iniquity. Therefore hath the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. In his eyesight, because a person who is consecrated to the Lord, they live in the Lord, no matter what. The world may not ever hear them say a word, because maybe you're in a place where you can't talk about the Lord. Who cares? Who cares? A consecrated life. Remember what I said? The eye is the lamp of the body. And if the eye is single, then the whole body is full of light, having no part dark then you are that light that is set upon a hill that cannot be hid. It's just set upon a hill. People are looking at it. It can't be hid. You can't, it's like trying to throw a blanket over the sun. Can't be hid. It's a powerful spiritual light. Maybe you you're, you can't say anything because you have a family that says, we don't want to hear another word about it. But you can lead a consecrated life before them where everything you do, and I mean it, use everything. You know, I think about that word in Isaiah where I don't remember what exactly where it is, but it just popped into my head. It says in there, 
do not cut the grapes down. There's still a little bit of juice left in them. Let the Lord use every single thing in your life. You know, the reason some of some people have not entered into the experience of sanctification is that they haven't realized the meaning of sanctification from God's standpoint. Sanctification really means being made one with Jesus. Isn't that an easy thing to receive? It's like a drink of water. It's like I just handed you a drink of water. Can you drink a cup of water? Sanctification really means being made one with Jesus so that the disposition that ruled him will rule you. And you know what? It says now, remember what it said, and the God of peace sanctify you wholly. And you know what else it says in the word? But the peace of God rule and reign in your heart. Because when you become sanctified in God, now you're flowing in a spirit. Yeah, you're in the world. You're still going to take hits. You're still going to get attacked by the devil. You're still going to get bad news. You're still going to stub your toe on stuff. People are going to misunderstand you. You're going to be rejected. You're not going to be loved by everybody. You're going to you're going to go through some fire and through water. But you know what? The sanctified life, God brings you out into a wealthy place. Jesus prayed that we might be one with him as he is one with the Father. Then the so really the one and only characteristic of the Holy Ghost in every man and woman that seeks to be consecrated, not just take her, well, I'm sanctified, you know, I'm, I've am i been, I'm born again. But the person that seeks to walk in the way of the Lord, blessed is the man that walks in the way of the Lord. That even in darkness, there's light about him. He can take the arrows, the worst arrows that come out of nowhere from Satan, one of his evil spirits who draws a bow at a venture and it strikes between the harness. You can say, yes, though my outward man perishes, yet my inward man is being renewed. And I trust the Lord and his, in his deliverance. There's things that a sanctified person, because a sanctified person lives in his Bible lives in her Bible. Every day that word is coming in fresh, coming in new. You know how you wake up? I don't know about you, but me, I'm up every morning. Wait long before the sun comes up. And I think of that scripture. Um, Out of the depths I have cried unto thee, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. You know, and I think about that, you know, it's like out of the depths in the darkness of that morning. And I think my soul waits for the Lord more than they, yea, I say more than they, that wait for the morning. My soul waits. See that sanctified part of your soul, my physical part, your physical part when you sit down, your soul, my soul waits for the Lord more than those, yea, I say more than those that wait for the morning. You know, and in spirit, we say, Lord, create in me a new heart, O Lord. Renew a right spirit within me. Because you're born again by the spirit. You've been made justified. So, 
The one and only characteristic of the Holy Ghost in the sanctified man and woman is a strong family likeness to Jesus Christ. That's the best way to say it, that you bear a strong family likeness to him and freedom from everything. That's not like, that is unlike him. Do you hear me? Let me repeat that again. And freedom from everything. That's unlike him. See, the God of peace that sanctifies you wholly, spirit, soul, and body, frees you from everything. And he'll do it one step at a time because he's educating you down to the scruple. And you start to leave behind the things that are gone, meaning every day you're slowly leaving this world and you're preparing to go to the other world. Let's look at sanctification in three parts. So Christ the sanctifier, Jesus says in John 17, 9, and for their sakes, and this is the, how it goes in succession, and for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. You know, their sanctification and not just, okay, I believe that you are the Lord. Something happens when you're born again. You know, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new cre creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. See, now you're a new creation. And you have been sanctified first. You know why? Because Christ sanctified himself. And his prayer for us is that we that we would be sanctified through the truth. Well, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Therefore, we pray the God of peace, who has made peace on the cross for us, who must rule until he hath put his enemies under his feet, is the same God who must be ruling in peace in your heart. So in Hebrews 13, 12, it says, wherefore Jesus also that he may sanctify the people with his own blood suffered without the gates. Look, there is cost to sanctification because there's going to be things that are going to test it, but everything has to be tested. Don't be afraid of your tests. Everything has to be tested. It says our faith, though tried through fire, will come forth like pure gold. So whatever is left is the, is the most potent thing. You know, look at the look at the incense in the temple. It talked about the beaten incense because the cheap incense was lots of smoke and and flames, and it was out in no time. But the beaten incense became like a hard brick, as hard as a rock, and it burned for hours, and the smoke was strong, thick, going up with incense. And see, the more you live a sanctified life, there's cost. The enemy will oppose it. He will try to overthrow it. And he'll try to do everything he can. But a person who has made up their mind to determine it in their heart, because you do get to a point where you go, I don't just want to know the definition of it anymore. I'm done with it. I must be sanctified. That's how I feel anyway. I'm just sharing a piece of myself. It's like, I don't want, I'm done. I felt like I was like throwing some kind of internal book in my head. It's like, I just don't want to know the definition of it anymore. 
I want to experience it and I want it to be my own. You know, we read about um, in Psalm 18, what David said, and he said what he did. He was clearly in a battle. He was clearly in a war and everything was against him. And then he said, look, he said, the Lord rewarded me according to my, he hung on to his righteousness according to my righteousness and according to the cleanness of my hands. So he kept righteousness. He kept his hands clean. He said, I kept the ways of the Lord. He said, I didn't wickedly depart from his God. He said, all of his judgments were before him and he didn't put away God's statutes from him, meaning he was keeping judgment at all times. And he kept himself upright before him and he kept himself from his own iniquity. Look at all those things that he did. That's a sanctified life. That no matter what, you're doing those things. Let's talk about regeneration, being born again. See, there's, there's, and I've talked about this before, so I'm going to say it really fast. And you could watch that video called Conversion is Not Regeneration. So you could always go back and listen to that. But in Acts 26, 18, so we need to be born again. It says Acts 26, 18, Paul was sent by God. He said, I'm sending you, I'm uh, delivering you from the Gentiles and sending you back again to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. That's conversion. That's the light to open up their eyes. The preaching of the word, it says, the entrance of thy word giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. And so when you receive that light, you realize in that light, you see what life you're living. And you're like, I'm living the wrong life. I'm doing everything wrong. All of a sudden, everything's brought into his light. So you turn away from it. So it turns us from darkness to God's light. Now we're in his light and we leave the power of Satan unto God. Colossians 3, 1, 13, that he translates, uh, trans, uh, he delivers us from the kingdom of darkness and translates us into the kingdom of his dear son. So it says, and to turn them from darkness to light from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Now that is regeneration because now you're in a place to receive forgiveness of your sins. That's why you see dead Christianity. They haven't received anything. They got nothing to give. Haven't you ever tried to talk to somebody after church? I've done scores of times. Meet people that say, well, I'm a Christian. You say three sentences of something in the conversation and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, anyway, like there's nothing there. Well, I'm not here to judge them or pick on them. I'm just saying there's nothing there. There's no evidence. And it says now you're able to receive the grace of inheritance because it says now an inheritance among them, which what are sanctified by the faith that is in me. So by faith, you got came into the light. You were converted. You wanted now, you know, you, you're you're realizing I I want forgiveness now. I want forgiveness. I don't want that on me. I made my point because now you have put your faith in the son of God who loved you, right? I have been crucified. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. For the life I live in the body, I now live by the faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He sanctified himself. So when we when Jesus says, Father, I sancti ask that you sanctify them. He said, sanctify the people. Uh, says, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified through thy truth. 
So you see, we're sanctified by the truth. And then we're sanctified. There's a sanctif sanctification in that faith. Because you know why? We're putting our faith in one person and not the things of this world. We're not leaning on the arm of flesh. It also says in Acts 20, 32, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among them, which are sanctified. And, and so there's an inheritance. And so, you know, when I think about when we're sanctified, other people benefit around us, right? Even our enemies benefit from us because we're not going to repay them evil for evil. We don't want to touch the unclean thing. You know, when it says, touch not the unclean thing, get out from among them, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and you shall be my sons and you shall be my daughters. You know, the unclean thing, people want to attach it onto one thing. Oh, it's the Catholic church. Oh, it's this and that. Yeah, there's a lot of things. I'm not picking on the people. I'm talking about the doctrine. And the unclean thing underneath it, I could write a thesis on that. Don't touch anything that's unclean. Taste not, touch not, pass by it, run from it, depart from it, have nothing to do with it. Okay, that's sanctifying yourself. So this is the Lord's prayer for us. Sanctify them. In John 17, 17, he goes on to say, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 13, Paul says, but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. You know, Satan wants to get you to start doubting. This is how he can unseat you from sanctification. See, we are sanctified in the truth and we're sanctified um, in the faith. That's in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if he can start getting us to doubt and not trust the Lord, you know how he does that? By telling you, well, you don't need to read the word. You don't need to read the word. You could just listen to a one minute meditation. Besides, you're busy. Look, there is a standard and the Holy Spirit sets the standard in everybody's life. I know there's some people, they can be home all day. They're retired or whatever, maybe not retired, they're just able to be home and they can read the word all day. There's somebody that works all day long. You're like, well, I can't. The Lord will accommodate. He will make a way for you. He will give you the strength to do it because he wants you to know his word. And for those of you who cannot read his word, maybe you're dyslexic. Maybe you're blind. Maybe you're like, look, I'm just recently blind. I'm not going to learn Braille. Then listen to it. Maybe you're deaf. You know what? The Holy Spirit will make himself known to you. And so it's not when I always say, maybe this might bother some people. I'm sick and tired of people always saying, read your word, read your word. You know what? That should never be something that feels like a handpeck. And I don't want to ever handpeck you people. I'm just sharing. There's a there's a natural if I may use natural, spiritual together, it's such a dichotomy. Um, action. You want to read his word. You want to know what he says. Part two, sanctify yourself. Second Timothy 2, 20 and 21. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth. Some to honor, 
some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these things, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. So you see, God will sanctify you in the beginning, but you have to do your part too. And don't do it for any other reason, but your heart is in you, pounding for Christ, something even greater, where you're like, I want to do works for the Lord. Remember I said, let your life be a full expression of sanctification. Prepared unto every good work. Is it a good work to pick up dirty clothes that everybody's leaving on the floor? Make it every good work. Make it every good work. Look, some of you may be in situations where you're like, I hate where I live. God will work that out for you. Sanctify yourself unto prayer then. Sanctify yourself and walk before the Lord and talk to your God. He is your deliverer and he will make a way out for you. He makes streams in the deserts, paths in the wilderness. He doesn't tell us to pray and then never answer. He does say he will answer in Job it says, but he, God does answer one way yet another. Though man does not perceive this. I'm, I'm getting close to the end. First Thessalonians 4, 3. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. Okay, that he talks about that you should abstain from fornication. So he's talking about the body. Obviously, he's talking about having illicit, illegal sexual relations. But so he's talking about the body. So we hear that if a person, well, not everyone's going to be into fornication. But there's other things we do with our bodies that maybe we need to think about. I'm not going to start like expanding on something that's not written. I want to stick to what's written. But it is written for this is the will of God, even your sanctification. So see, you want to be in the will of God. You don't want to be out of his will. If you've ever been out of his will, it's torture. So for this is the will of God, you know, for the God of peace to sanctify you wholly, meaning he'll give you peace when he sanctifies you spirit soul and body and there's inheritance conditions <clears throat> there really are <clears throat> you know we can lose the reward of our inheritance in philippians there's a, a verse of philippians chapter 3 um about the reward of our inheritance which correlates with first corinthians chapter 3 verses 9 through 14 which is the bema seat the reward platform for the believers and so it does talk about losing reward so you can read that yourself, okay? I call these inheritance conditions. First Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. See, there's not like, well, I'm born again and I'm just going to go do what I want to do. You may not even think that to yourself. I've seen all kinds of people saying, no, I'm a Christian. And, you know, and this may be maybe a tight shoe for you to put your foot into. But truly born again, people should never cuss. I guess a word is going to slip out once in a while. Just tell the Lord you're sorry. But I've known people where everything comes out of their mouth is an F-bomb and other 
words. Those are not God's words. The Lord says there's a fountain in you and that fountain should never, it cannot send forth um, salt water and fresh water at the same time. No way. You need to sanctify your mouth. You need to ask God to sanctify you wholly. And this isn't to put you down. This is not at all to put you down. Sometimes you work in an environment where everybody's cussing and somehow or another you're cussing along with them. Ask God to deliver you from that and to sanctify you. And also, too, it says your children and your spouse are sanctified by you. This is a third one. So, you know, if you're not married, then just sit this part out. OK, you don't have children, but remember it for future or for others that you could share with. It says in 1 Corinthians seven fourteen. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean. We're talking about the whole family. But now are they holy? In essence, talking about your children. We're going to talk about that in just a second. I'm going to make this brief. It says, you know, they're the fruit of us. We're like a tree. They're our fruit. Okay. So as to the unbelieving spouse. The purity of the believing partner in this union being a lawful one entirely overweighs the impurity of the unbeliever, meaning he can be a pagan. There's it, it really puts to rest that you can only marry an unbeliever. Now, you should marry a believer. But I know a lot of people who got married to people who were believers and they turned out evil. They were never Christians to begin with. Very few of I ever met were the spouse, man or woman. At the end, you know, even like shortly after, it turned ugly. And there was always one person that stood their ground. And that's the thing. See, it, and as even as to the children, let me to go to the children. It must be remembered with according to the children that the sanctification and holiness here spoken of is not that inward sanctification which springs from the action of the Holy Spirit in the individual heart, but that consecration. That consecration, which arises from being in the body of Christ. See, so your sanctification, you know, you may have children that are of age, unsaved. You have a husband. Maybe he's lukewarm. Maybe he doesn't want anything to do with the Lord. But you know what it even says in First Peter chapter 3? Wives, if, you, if any of you have an unbelieving husband, um, he can be won over by words by the chaste conversation of your life being coupled with fear meaning live around them they'll see you something spiritual happens but listen it says i like that part where it says else were your children unclean but now are they holy you know what see the life that you live in a sanctified way uh in christ means you've counted the cost and you say, Lord, you are worth it. What do I want to hang on for? What is it that I have in my life that is worth hanging on for? Leave behind every day what's gone. Reach forth. Leave, leaving this world each day. Reaching forth to what lies ahead. I say reach forth to whom lies ahead. And live your life consecrated to Jesus Christ. Let him Holy consecrate you, spirit, soul, and body. Because it's very easy. 
for even it even says in second corinthians chapter five that we it says that we are to what does it say in that word let me see if i can find it second corinthians it talks about um i want to just grab it here for a second second corinthians chapter five or um seven Having therefore, verse one, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and, of, of, and spirit. Filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Look, if there's no fear of God, that's something that plays into it. But there's also this love and that fear of God isn't afraid. You love him so much. And the closer you get to heaven, these things of this earth truly do grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And you start to see that there's nothing in this world that can ever match with the Lord. Because, you know, Jesus said, and I'm going to leave this with you now. Jesus says, where your treasure is, there shall your heart be also. Well, Jesus is in heaven, and that's where my heart is. Is your heart there? That means you're already there in him, and you're just passing through this place. Live the sanctified life and pray that the God of peace sanctify you wholly because everybody around you will benefit from the flowing life of Jesus Christ into this world the ceaseless flow like the waters of Shiloh that go by softly.